Welcome back to the Minor Landis Immigration Update, the podcast that immigration professionals and foreign nationals turn to for up-to-the-minute information. This slightly abridged podcast comes from an article that was written by immigration partners Scott Malik and Lynn Walker and appears on the Minor and Landis LinkedIn page. Today, we're going to talk about a common mistake that can put employers in jeopardy of breaking discrimination laws, resulting sometimes in tens of thousands of dollars in fines. And it happens on Form I-9. As U.S. employers and immigration practitioners are aware, Federal law requires every employer who recruits, refers for a fee, or hires an individual for employment in the United States to complete a Form I-9, the Employment Eligibility Verification, which enables the employer to verify the employee's identity and eligibility to work in the United States. Although Form I-9 and its requirements have been in existence for nearly 36 years, and also a prerequisite to employment in the United States, a surprisingly large number of employers fail to properly complete the Form I-9 process for their employees, leading to unlawful discrimination claims on the basis of national origin that often result in negative publicity for the employer in addition to civil penalties in the event of an I-9 audit by the Department of Homeland Security. With this podcast, we hope to provide some basic guidance that will assist employees with avoiding claims of immigration-related discrimination in the I-9 process. The Immigration Reform and Control Act of 1986, sometimes called the IRCA, prohibits employers from knowingly hiring undocumented individuals and from hiring individuals without completing the employment eligibility verification process. IRCA led to the creation of Form I-9, Employment Eligibility Verification, which all employers must complete for all employees hired on or after November 6, 1986, who will be working in the United States. At the same time, IRCA prohibits discrimination based on an individual's national origin, citizenship, or immigration status with respect to hiring, firing, and recruitment or referral for a fee. The Form I-9 is three pages long with three sections, one for the employee to complete and two for the employer to complete. Page three of the Form I-9 contains a list of acceptable documents an employer may consider in order to verify the employee's identity, as well as their authorization to work in the United States, which is broken down into List A, which are documents that establish both the company's identity and the employment authorization, or List B, documents that establish the employee's identity, and finally, List C, documents that establish the employee's employment authorization. The failure to properly complete Form I-9 may result in substantial civil penalties to employers as well as negative publicity, as the results of such investigations and findings are often published by U.S. Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, otherwise known as ICE, and or the U.S. Department of Homeland Security Investigations, the agencies responsible for investigating I-9 compliance issues. With our workplaces reopening in this post-pandemic environment, it is certain that the volume of I-9 audits will increase over the coming months. 
So now we get to the meat of the podcast. In addition to I-9 audits, there has been a sharp increase in the number of discrimination claims against employers arising out of alleged abuse and or misuse of the form I-9 process. Employers must understand that COVID-based flexibility of employer verification requirements is now over. During the height of the pandemic, the Department of Homeland Security adopted a temporary policy in response to the difficulties many individuals experienced with renewing documents, such as driver's license and passports. By allowing employers to accept expired List B documents, now that DHS has determined that document-issuing authorities have reopened and or provided alternatives to in-person renewals, DHS has ended this flexibility as of May 1, 2022, reverting back to the original policy requiring employers to accept only unexpired List B documents. And remember, List B are those documents that establish the employee's identity. Importantly, if an employee presented an expired List B document for I-9 purposes between May 1, 2020 and April 30, 2022, employers were required to update their Form I-9s by July 31, 2022. Since it is certain that I-9 audits will increase in volume over the coming months, it is critical for employers to update these I-9s immediately. So the question employers should be asking with regard to the I-9 process is, do I need to worry about this as it relates to our business? Well, the problem is that I-9 infractions are often unintentional. While it would appear to be a fairly straightforward process, many employers or their authorized representatives are either unfamiliar with the Form I-9 and do not read its instructions, or are simply undertrained in the way to complete the Form I-9. For example, although the instructions printed onto the Form I-9 itself provide that employers may not specify to a new employee which documents that employee may present to establish their identity and employment authorization, this is exactly what happens, and with astounding frequency. In the event of an I-9 audit by ICE or HSI, employers are provided only three business days from its receipt of the subpoena to produce the entire universe of Form I-9s the company has on file, together with the company payroll records for the last three to 12 months. Following its review, if ICE determines the company's Form I-9s are more than 50% outside of substantive compliance, ICE will issue a Notice of Intent to Fine, seeking the maximum penalty permitted under the regulations, or $2,200 per employee violation. And that can really add up. A missing or unsigned Form I-9, or one accompanied by incorrect documentation, or even a Form I-9 completed out of the time prescribed by the regulation, are just a few examples of a substantive violation. At $2,200 per violation, these fines can be crippling to any business of any size. So what's actually causing the increase in discrimination claims? As mentioned before, there is also a recent uptick in discrimination lawsuits by the Immigrant and Employee Rights Section of the U.S. Department of Justice, which enforces the anti-discrimination provisions of the Immigration and Nationality Act. 
In short, the Immigration and Nationality Act prohibits a. Citizenship status, discrimination in hiring, firing, or recruitment, or referral for a fee. b. National origin discrimination in hiring, firing, or recruitment, or referral for a fee. and c. Unfair documentary practices during the Employment Eligibility Verification, Form I-9 and E-Verify. And also d. INA prohibits any kind of retaliation or intimidation. IER not only investigates immigration-related discrimination claims in the completion of Form I-9, but also publishes these findings on its website. Since January 2022, IER has published the results of numerous investigations and findings, as well as the issuance of civil penalties for immigration-related discrimination, some of which included 1. $40,000 fine against an employer who routinely discriminated against non-U.S. citizens, in this case lawful permanent residents of the United States, by requesting that they present specific documentation issued by DHS to prove their employment authorization in the United States. Two, a $9,500 fine against an employer who discriminated against a single lawful permanent resident by requesting that they present their permanent resident card to prove their employment authorization in the United States, and then rejecting the valid document provided, as well as for discriminating against non-U.S. citizens by failing to consider and hire them for positions based on their citizenship status. Three, a $40,000 fine against an employer who routinely discriminated against non-U.S. citizens, in this case, again, primarily lawful permanent residents of the United States, by asking them to present specific DHS-issued documents to prove their employment authorization in the United States, as well as for refusing to allow the worker who complained to begin working until they presented these unnecessary documents. So here are some helpful tips for businesses for completing the Form I-9. Given the significant negative consequences that can arise from the failure to properly complete Form I-9, what can employers do? Well, there's two major things, and this first one is should be kind of a no-brainer. But number one is read and follow the Form I-9 instructions. We cannot emphasize this enough. Read the Form I-9 instructions carefully before completing the form so that the employer's representative is familiar with the responsibilities and deadlines for completion, as well as the acceptable documents to establish the employee's identity and employment authorization. Moreover, there are numerous resources available online and free to employers that provide excellent guidance in completing the Form I-9 and avoiding immigration-related discrimination claims. And second, Seek legal guidance and assistance from an experienced immigration attorney. Not only can the immigration attorney provide guidance on the most up-to-date trends, but they can also provide training on how to complete Form I-9. An experienced attorney can provide guidance on acceptable documentation and conduct informal internal audits of the Form I-9s you may already have completed. This will determine whether an employer is in compliance and identify any potential challenges. Then you can take the appropriate measures to correct these errors in advance of an I-9 audit. Finally, your immigration attorney can offer legal representation 
in the event of an I-9 audit by ICE and or HSI. In this area of practice, timing and experience is crucial in defending your business and its principles against potential liability. The immigration attorneys at Minor and Landis have significant experience with the entire life cycle of I-9s, from form I-9 training and completion to audits. So if you have any questions regarding the Form I-9 process, please contact us for a consultation as soon as possible so that we may determine what options are available to you. Thanks for listening. Disclaimer. The information contained herein is intended only for educational or informational purposes and is not a substitute for legal advice. Further, listening to this HR tip in no way establishes an attorney-client relationship between you and Minor and Landis LLP. Listeners should consult legal counsel for definitive advice regarding the current law and regulations and how those apply to your unique situation within your organization.